From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome in. It is the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Mark Weiser with Ryan Dennis on a lovely Thursday afternoon. And uh, I'm in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. Ryan is at the home base, and uh, we're bringing you the latest edition. Uh, there are 12 Georgia football players in Indianapolis here. I'm, I'm here covering that. At least that was the plan initially was to kind of focus on their draft stock, what they run in the 40 their thoughts on uh, the future of rivalry games. I don't know. Uh, but a lot of events have um, taken place that are kind of um, clouding the picture of uh, what's important to cover now. And Georgia football has become a national story uh, once again, unfortunately. Uh, Ryan, what does it look like from your seat as uh, Jalen Carter uh, returned to Indianapolis today after uh, flying back yesterday to get booked on charges of reckless driving and racing uh, in relation to the January 15th crash that took the lives of Devon Willick and Chandler LaCroix. Yeah. I mean, just a lot of serious situations, you know, I mean, uh, big news for, for Jalen Carter and, you know, his involvement, you know, you don't want to say involvement in the deaths of, you know, two of his uh, good friends, but, Obviously, the news coming out that he was likely racing them, you know, at maybe over 100 miles per hour down Barnett Shoals Road, you know, is uh, very serious stuff outside of what it means for his draft stock and all. Um, You know, it's uh, it's not it's not a good look for him, not a good look for the football team uh, or the athletic department and a lot of stuff. And, you know, we and we try to keep it lighthearted here for the most part. But, uh, you know, there's some serious topics to discuss this week. You know, you got the the information from the police on that. You got the stuff out of Dallas involving um, Stetson Bennett. And I think you got an article posted uh, not too long ago as we do this about two o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, uh, just about all the problems George has had in the past 13 months. And it, it's not a good look for him. Yeah. Obviously the nature of what's going on with this crash is uh, at the most serious level uh, possible. I mean, maybe not, well, I mean, you have two lives lost. I was going to say the situation in Alabama when when there was a, a shooting. I mean, we're not talking about a shooting. This was not um, an intentional type of thing. Um, you, you know, this was just uh, carelessness, you know, recklessness. Yeah, yeah. So, but you mentioned Stetson Bennett. I mean, I flew up here early Tuesday morning out of Atlanta, caught like a seven fifteen flight uh, to make it in time for interviews with general managers and coaches at 10 o'clock. But as I'm waiting in a pretty long line for, to get my credential here, um, the Dallas police, um, department sent me the incident report from Stetson Bennett's arrest from back, you know, what was that? Like end of January. So it's been a while. Um, so I had to blow off those interviews right away and I had to write up about, you know, what was in the police report, which I would have been happy to write about, at the time Stetson was arrested, so we could just be done with it, you know. But this is the nature you don't you don't get to decide when when information comes out. 
Um, and I had already been working on a story, uh, kind of just looking at what Stetson Bennett's, um, you know, night or rather early morning of knocking on doors, uh, public intoxication, you know, how that might affect a guy that was at best a day two prospect, probably a day three, maybe even undrafted free agent. We don't know exactly, you know, which teams are going to be interested in him. Obviously, uh, you know, won a lot of games, won two national championships, but there's question about his size and and his ability to play at the next level. Um, So, you know, I had that as a a story that I had to tweak a little bit and, and ran the next day. And then, you know, early in the morning, uh, or, or not early, but in the morning on Wednesday came news from the athens Clark County Police that uh, they had put out warrants for the arrest of Jalen Carter, who was scheduled to meet with us, uh, media members, at 1030 Wednesday. And so we knew pretty fast that uh, you could just, you didn't need someone to tell you that that he's not going to come talk to reporters when he's got to deal with that. So we never got a chance to talk to Carter, but, um, you know, every story on Wednesday was about you know, his draft stock uh, from talking to general managers, um, you know, details about uh, what Carter was alleged to have done and more details about Chandler LaCroix's blood alcohol level, how fast she was going. Um, you know, there's just a bunch of stuff. And then today, following up on that, um, you know, looked at, you know, I think there's, as you mentioned, there's been nine arrests of Georgia football players um, since January of 2022 and had a chance to talk today to um, Chris Smith, Keely Ringo and Jack Podlesny and ask them, you know, what doesn't mean anything about Georgia football that, you know, there's a lot of these arrests that have to do with reckless driving, um, with racing, with alcohol related issues. Um, so I got their opinions on that. And, and that's the story you referenced that, that I posted. So, um, I thought Keely Ringo had a very thoughtful response. I mean, Chris Smith didn't want to talk. And, and I mean, he was no commenting. A lot of reporters who were asking very specific Jalen Carter questions, um, and he didn't want to go there. Um, but Keely Ringo, you know, basically said, uh, put it on the people uh, individually more than than the program. And that, um, you know, you read the quote in, in the story online. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but um very thoughtful response and, and, you know, not, not surprising given, you know, Keeley's well-spoken and seems very thoughtful in, in these matters. Will there be a chance to talk to Jalen at all? Or you think that time came and came and, and went because I mean, he's back up there, as you said, uh, but is that the only chance that y'all will get to talk to him while you're there? I mean, they're not bringing Jalen back to the media room to do interviews. Um, you know, no, I don't expect that's going to happen. I mean, March 15th will be Georgia's pro day, uh, presuming that Kirby is going to allow Jalen to take part. Um, you know, they usually make especially the best player on the team available. Um, but I would be surprised if he is. I would um, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess there's a chance if I walk uh, past Jalen on the street. That's the thing about Indianapolis. I mean, um, you know, it's a great walking city and it's much better now that it's not 10 degrees like it was when we were here for the national right. championship game in 2021. Uh, yesterday it was up to like 70 and it's pretty nice out today. Um, but like, I think it was, I, I I'm not hundred percent certain, but I, I think I was just passing um, CJ Stroud walking with uh, maybe a trainer or something on the street as I came back from uh, the convention center where we were doing the interviews and writing. Um, so uh, he, he was wearing one of the QB shirts and, and sure looked like him. So, um, you know, if I see Jalen, uh, I'll, I'll certainly try to try to wow. ask him. You know, we learned through all this that Jalen had a a ticket, I guess. A, you know, he was stopped previously for speeding. I think near downtown in September, he was going, what, 84 in what's a 35-45 area. And obviously, 
people question what ESPN might have said about, you know, uh, personality issues or character flaws or whatever that might be. Do you think that's what, you know, you know how things leak out and, and spread through, uh, you know, the GMs and whatnot. You think that might have gotten out and what people were referring to when they said there, there might be character issues uh, for Jalen Carter? I mean, I can't, I can't speculate on, on what, what in particular, um, you know, it could be um, that it could be something else that, that Todd hasn't put out there publicly about, you know, what was behind, um, you know, his comment that was not very specific. Um, but yeah, I mean, these teams, you know, the GMs I talked to yesterday were, were talking about how, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to have in their security teams look into, um, you know, Carter and, and, you know, basically all the players that they do. Um, but they're going to do a deep, deep dive on somebody like Jalen that, you know, was projected as a top five pick. And now, you know, will he slide down like to 20? Is that possible? I mean, I think it might be what happens, you know, I think he's not scheduled to have an appearance in court until after um, maybe right before the draft. So, you know, that's a long time to let it kind of sit. I, I don't know what the process is. And there's some, you know, thought that, Will somebody in the legal system look at the evidence and decide to bring a stronger charge? I mean, two misdemeanors, teams might feel okay about it, but, you know, um, in terms of drafting him, but, um, you know, it also might depend on what else they uh, they learn and also their personal interaction when they can bring him in for team visits, um, let alone the 15-minute interviews that they can do here in Indianapolis. Y'all had a chance to talk to Stetson yet? Uh, I mean... Is he going to be available to talk to you? Yeah, Stetson will be uh, tomorrow. It's the quarterback's day. Uh, also, the uh, wide receivers, Kyrus Jackson, and I believe Darnell Washington will be available tomorrow. And then the remaining, I guess, oh, and Kenny McIntosh, I guess, would be Saturday, along with uh, Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon. I'm not sure if I missed anybody else, but I think that might cover all 12 of the guys uh, between the ones we've got the first two days and the next two. Um, you know, Carter wasn't going to be doing any on-field workouts here. He was just doing interviews and getting his medical. I mean, he had a, a knee issue, an ankle in- injury from the season that limited him limited him uh, the first half of the season. So that was important to get the medicals done on that with the teams, you know, looking at, at whatever they look at. Um, and, of course, now um, teams that, that are interested in him and, and want to learn more about, I'm sure he'll be asked now if he's in these interviews, um, you know, exactly what happened on that night, um, you know, see what, what he can tell them. And, um, but anyway, uh, it'd be interesting to see, I'm, I'm going to try to get out. Uh, I think this, I was told that it hasn't happened for a while, or maybe I don't know when, but, um, media is allowed inside Lucas oil, uh, for the workouts. They have a spot for the media. Uh, last time we had to just watch it on TV. So, uh, I'll be interested to see if Jalen is with the defensive lineman today, um, you know, just hanging out with them as he's not running or doing the drills. But Robert Beal will be out there, um, as well as Nolan Smith, who's going to be doing um, some stuff. Uh, I think he's running and, um, you know, doing things that are not going to involve uh, his shoulder, which is still healing from his injury, uh, his torn uh, muscle that he had. Um, so, um, you know, maybe he'll be, I mean, if he is there, I'm sure the NFL network cameras will be on him, uh, talking about his situation. So what happened yesterday? Were you at the podium there waiting for Jalen Carter to come out and then kind of word of mouth? I mean, uh, what all kind of went down when, when things started to come out? 
Yeah, we were waiting like 20 minutes. I mean, I didn't stand pat for the whole time. I, I walked around the room and listened. Um, I, I was curious to see kind of behind the curtain whether Jalen was was milling about because um, he was getting the medicals, they said. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I didn't know if he was going to exit out the door and, and head out. Um, but eventually an NFL spokesperson came out and said that there were six six players including Jalen that were still doing medicals and uh, sorry, they weren't going to be able to make it. Now, you know, I don't know if that's the accurate way of how it played out, but certainly we knew Jalen wasn't going to come. We just wanted to hear someone tell us that officially. I mean, you said, could he drop to 20th? I mean, I mean, how big of an impact this must have? I mean, he's a, he's a guy that could have been as high as number one. I mean, the, I don't think he stays in the top five now. He's, he's got to, I mean, there's, there's got to be questions, especially going back if he's had multiple speeding. I mean, it, what's that line, I guess, between what a where a NFL views, uh, an executive views the talent versus any baggage that might come with it? I'm afraid he might drop out of the first round. I mean, it's certainly possible. Um, like I said, you know, what, what we just kind of talked about, the processes the teams will have, what their uh, investigator, you know, security people might learn you know, how Jalen uh, presents himself, if teams feel like he's being genuine and forthright, um, you know, what teammates, I'm sure teammates are being asked behind closed doors, um, you know, what they can say about Jalen as a teammate, as a person, their interaction with him. Now, I will say this, um, you know, everything before this uh, charges on Wednesday morning from teammates was very positive about Jalen. I think it was Robert Beal spoke you know, uh, early first thing uh, of the players, he was in the first group, um, you know, that I think he used the term something about Jalen being a little bit misunderstood. He's he's a quiet guy and um, and he's not one that, um, you know, people might look at as, as someone that's that's not, uh, you know, like uh, all in on the team or something, but maybe that's just he's a little bit reserved in that manner. Um, so, you know, even Jackpot Lesney, uh, you know, people were giving him a chance today to, so they were asking about character, you know, what kind of guy is Jalen? And, and basically he was saying, I, I love everybody on my team. Everybody's treated me well, and that's how I judge people's character. Right. I mean, I get that. I don't think teammates are going to say anything bad. But, you know, that's the feeling I got from talking to Jalen. Obviously, we don't know him on the level that his teammates know him. But he he always, you know, and we didn't get to talk to him much. But, you know, at Peach Bowl media days and whatnot, he is a kind of a quiet and shy guy i guess you could say uh didn't have too much to say but obviously you know when things come up like speeding and going you know nearly 100 miles per hour on a on a road racing it's not a it's not a good look so anyway. yeah i mean you know um i wrote in my story um that you mentioned was published you know kirby kirby smart has not spoken to the media i think he might have done like a tnt thing with barkley kind of a fun thing but he hasn't he hasn't talking talked to people that cover georgia uh since the day after the championship game now that's not unusual i mean i you know they didn't sign anyone um in the second signing day um but you know this is not a usual offseason i mean this has been a, a, a you know a horrible offseason you know when you lose two people with the program and and you have some other arrests that that you know uh, you know, isn't a good look. Um, so, 
you know, I'll be interested when Kirby does um, speak, which presumably will be uh, the Tuesday when Georgia starts spring practice a week from Tuesday. Um, you know, what message he has uh, to people about, uh, you know, what's going on um, at Georgia. And, um, you know, Kirby actually is in town here in, in Indianapolis. Uh, the NCAA Rules Committee, which he is co-chair of, is meeting, I think, at the NCAA headquarters. And I, I got an email about 40 minutes ago that he's going to be on a, on a uh, Zoom call on Friday uh where he's going to be speaking about some rule changes going on. Now that's not the um, platform for him. Not a Q and A type of deal. Well, it might be a Q and A, but it's certainly not a Q and A about his own program. It's it's about the matter at hand. So um, anyway, uh, so I do think that it is sort of a bad look if you ask me. I think he should have come out ahead of it a little bit, or not ahead of it, but at least addressed it in some form other than a what 200 word release i mean you know even if it's just a videoed statement i think he should have come out with something i don't know about that i mean that seems i mean a video statement doesn't do much for me versus a statement they put out i mean those are those are uh canned as well don't you think his face needs to be seen i mean aside from on a recruiting trip or something i mean uh in a photo i mean unfortunately he spoke at, at both of devin willick's um, you know, celebration of life events, which you know, I, I think you could you could find on on Facebook Live or, or you know, archive somewhere. So, uh, but but um, yeah, I mean, you know, you wonder, uh, you know, anytime there's these situations. I mean, over at Alabama now with this Brandon Miller situation, where you know, he, you know what he what he's accused of um, carrying the gun. We're not accused. I guess the, the lawyer admits it happened. His lawyer that he he took the the gun used in the, yeah. the murder of this woman uh in his car um but alabama and i haven't heard what happened yesterday i think they played auburn um they weren't making players available i believe uh after one of the games and you know limiting what kind of questions can be asked um hmm. so i mean I, the, the reason i bring that up is i don't know if georgia uh you know what they already have a very restrictive media policy they, they handpick which players are going to talk and they stick them at a either a podium or behind a back or in front of a backdrop, uh, you know, so you're talking to the player with 20 other reporters and cameras and that kind of thing. So, but, but you wonder if, if they will make it even more limited um, about their availabilities um, because they might not want uh, players, um, you know, to say something that uh, doesn't follow whatever message they want out there. I'm sure they'll, they'll be, um, trained media training they call it to say that um you know we're going to just talk about spring football and uh, not about what's going on uh, you know in these various situations well, it will be very interesting to see if they provide anybody whatsoever and yeah like you say what the protocols will be and i mean obviously i think in our position we should i mean we have to ask the questions and i guess they can you know do like chris smith and just say hey i'm focusing on football but I think from the athletic department too. I mean, they're in a they're in a tricky situation in this whole ordeal because I think there's still a lot of legal matters that hang out there for them. And uh, I mean, it's a it's a thin line that they have to kind of step here with everything that's involved. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks here coming up with uh, with spring and all. But well, you know, I, I will say uh, there was a, a non, um, you know crash or arrest 
um, angle that uh, I had a chance when I first got here after writing about that Stetson Bennett uh, police report thing to speak to um, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, um, as well as uh, Todd Bowles, the coach of the Buccaneers, who I, I got a chance to talk to on the side um, about Todd Munkin and Glenn Schumann. Their, um, you know, Munkin interviewed in Tampa, and then Glenn Schumann uh, interviewed with the Eagles for their defensive coordinator job. Um, they were interested in Georgia's co-defensive coordinator. Now it's hard to know whether Schumann had the chance to accept the job or he pulled out before someone else would get it. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, if you listen to what uh, Sirianni, the coach said he, you know, and this is kind of typical of any coach. They're going to say, you know, we kind of, we got the guy we wanted, or, you know, we like this guy's experience compared to some other candidates, you know, you, they can spin it any way they want. I mean, if, if Glenn pulled out, then you're going to say that about, about the guy you hired um, and vice versa. Glenn, you know, if he pulled out before, he, you know, cause he wasn't going to get the job, you know, th these things happen, but in any event, I mean, Glenn is, is a, a veteran coach at Georgia. He's been here all uh, seven seasons with Kirby and eventually he's not going to be at Georgia. He's going to be coaching, um, you know, probably a head coach somewhere else, whether in the college ranks or coordinator at the next level, if he wants to do that. Um, but, you know, right now it seems like Georgia uh, gets him back at least for one more year, which is a very good thing for this. You team. think head coaching is the next thing on his list? Not maybe go somewhere to be the main coordinator. I mean, it is kind of a weird scenario. If you ask me that he's still, I mean, I, I don't know that he's not the main coordinator. Um, yeah. You know, I think I might have mentioned this before. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Glenn does not have in his contract uh, anything about play calling duties, but Will does. Will Muschamp's contract says if he has the opportunity to, to go be a head coach, I mean, not a head coach, a coordinator um, at another school where he has play calling duties, then, you know, waves the buyout, meaning hmm. you could think between the lines that he doesn't have that now and that Glenn's calling the plays. But I don't think Kirby's ever said publicly that this is Glenn calling the plays, um, you know. Um, he doesn't want to slate either of those guys. And and to a certain extent, there is a collaborative effort, but somebody ultimately is making the play call. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, thinking back, he, he was the one. It seemed like he was signaling in the defensive calls to Dumas Johnson or whoever, you know, was captain there of the defense. But, hey, you want to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about what you're actually uh, really in Indianapolis <laughs> mainly for? Sounds good. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Like what you hear? Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating, a like, and even leave us a comment to let us know how we're doing. As always, find more content at onlineathens.com and in the Athens Banner Herald. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back in to the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Ryan here in Athens. Mark on the road in Indy. So, Mark... What's the what's been the big story outside of all the scandal and whatnot that Georgia faces as far as players at the at the combine right now? Before I answer that question, I need to ask you a question uh, about not maybe at your time in Indianapolis, but uh, I think at halftime maybe at the championship game. Did you uh, enjoy some um, Saint yeah. Elmo Steakhouse uh, shrimp cocktail? Yeah. I did, man. It lit me on fire because, you know, I heard it was spicy, but I wasn't expecting, you know, wasabi spicy where it goes through your nose up to your brain. And I mean, it was tasty, but it got me. Have you had some while you're up there? Well, there is. Uh, I did have the opportunity. I didn't. We didn't go to San Elmo Steakhouse uh, last night because that's a little bit pricey. Uh, but there was um, the opportunity uh, to enjoy 
uh, said shrimp last night and uh, I passed on, I'm not a big seafood guy, but so like at 9 a.m. this morning in the press room, people from St. Elmo's Steakhouse with a camera crew, I guess they're doing to promote this thing or whatever, were walking around uh, offering these uh, shrimp cocktails, which as you mentioned, are like super duper hot, uh, spicy, uh, two reporters to eat at 9 a.m. for breakfast. Okay, who needs coffee when you have a shrimp cocktail from St. Elmo's, right? It's, yeah. So uh, I guess I don't know where that, I don't know where that's going to be, but um, if you want to see sports writers kind of, um, you know, gasping for air because of the uh, the fire in their mouth, then uh, that will be uh, somewhere <laughs> in some form or fashion. Yeah, that stuff, man, it lit my fire. I was a little a little surprised by it. But so who who are you about to go watch? I know we got to get out of here in just a minute, so you can head back and watch the combine. Who uh, who's on the docket today? That'll be uh, Robert. I think they call him Beefy Beal. Uh, and Nolan Smith. Um, Nolan, no, Robert, Robert. Sorry, Robert Bill's uh, interesting. I mean, he he had a good career, but kind of went under the radar, I think, because of some of the great players Georgia had. Yeah, I mean, he came, he came, he came in as a five star guy, um, and then you know, pretty quiet, and then hit the, went the portal at one point. Did he not? It hit the transfer portal. Um, maybe it was two seasons ago, right? And then. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of which, uh, just getting into the transfer portal, uh, had a chance today to speak to Tyreek Stevenson, the former Georgia cornerback, who is now at Miami. Uh, mm -hmm. He went in the – I don't know, did they have a portal back then? I guess they did, right? Yes. So he went He went in the portal, went to Miami, uh, and is here. And I think he's a pretty highly rated uh, cornerback prospect this year. So um, we were waiting on – myself and some other people to cover Georgia waiting on Tyreek Stevenson because he was supposed to be 15 minutes before Keeley, so we thought we could knock them both out. But um, Stevenson was delayed, and then Ringo ended up starting before uh, Tyreek. So we got, had a chance to speak to him after Keeley and uh, just when he was wrapping up. But I asked him one question, and I thought his answer was very good, just about the championship team. Was he watching from afar? But, you know, did he still feel that leaving Georgia to go to Miami benefited him? And he said it certainly did. He said he was talking about how the ACC is such a, a bigger passing league. Now, I don't know. I have to look at the numbers mm. to see if that's accurate. Uh um, so, but I guess he likes the fact that, uh, he got, you know, was in the line of fire a lot there. I mean, I don't, is that accurate? I mean, LSU threw the ball around a lot with Joe Burrow and yeah, no certainly Stetson put up his 300 yard games. Right. So, well, I mean, it wasn't like, uh, you know, Alabama wasn't yeah. throwing the ball with, with their quarterback. I mean, they, they no, they, no. I, yeah. They put a lot well, of I, I guess, maybe he means they just have better running backs in the SEC, which, you know, I don't know, but in any event, um, yeah, so it'll be Smith and Beal today, and um, Stetson uh, will go Saturday uh, after talking, doing interviews on on Friday. Um, so you know, it gives you a chance to speak. There's 300 plus guys here. It gives you a chance to speak to folks, the players that aren't at Georgia. You know, about whatever angle story you might want to be working on uh, in the future, and um, you know. There's a lot. It's a long list to go through to, to you know, pretty much every night I, I'll go through the list and, and see who I might want to speak to the next day. And, and uh, you know, is there a connection to Georgia that, that might yeah. might be a value to, to the readers? Uh, so uh, you'll see uh, in the weeks ahead if uh, what I found, if, if there was much. And hopefully uh, I can focus a little bit more on football, and a little bit less on everything else. So is Bill, I mean, do they do the bench press and all that stuff? Is that part of what they'll go through? And and I guess if Jalen's not doing anything on the field, is he doing the bench press or he's just not doing that at all? I believe he's only, he's doing that. Well, the plan was for him to do that at Georgia. At Georgia. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so bench press last year was the day before they worked out. This year it's the day after. Hmm. Uh, last year they had the bench press uh, not too far away from the media uh, interview area. I'm not sure where it is yet because they haven't started it yet, but uh, I watched the, some of that last year. It's kind of fun to watch it in person. Um, I think it was Joe Thomas, the former NFL star lineman who uh, I think he had some video the other day talking about how the whole thing was a waste and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Ham size and whatever. No, he's talking about specifically the bench press. Yeah, the bench press. He's talking about the bench press, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's fun to talk about, right? Uh, big boy a couple years ago, Ben Cleveland. I mean, when they're talking, he could do 75, 80, and he kind of – Kind of filled, uh... Hey, what one story to tell is um, on Wednesday, um, packed up my uh, computer bag and, and was heading through the convention center to, to make my walk back to the hotel. And uh, lo and behold, walking up the hallway was one John Lilly, the new uh, tight ends coach for the Carolina Panthers. And uh, he recognized me. I recognized him. I covered him when he was at, at Georgia to, to chat a little bit with him. And he said, hey, um, you know, who's going to be coming down the hall a little bit behind me is Thomas Brown, because Thomas is now the offensive coordinator at Carolina. They're in the, same, right. they're in the same meeting rooms this week, speaking to prospects. And uh, um, so I did get a chance as well to, to say hi to, to Thomas, who uh, was very well regarded at uh, with the Los Angeles Rams and interviewed for several head coaching as well as coordinator jobs. And he's now hooked on with legendary Maryland quarterback Frank Reich yeah. at Carolina. Yeah, I hope he gets his shot as a as a head coach one day. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I had Thomas's name down. Um, you know, Kirby made the move to Bobo, which was expected. I mean, if you had to pick the guy, you, you thought he would be the one. Mm -hmm. um, but I put Thomas Brown on there as as another guy that you know should be on the short list, given his connection to Georgia and his NFL experience, and he was a pl uh, play caller um, at South Carolina under Muschamp. Um, so, you know, um, I, I think he's, uh, I don't know where he's going to be his next job after Carolina. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could see something like that. You know, he had a, he had a good Georgia career, but did you feel like he was underrated a little bit? I mean, what was he in a backfield with Craig Lumpkin? Who else? Was it Danny Ware was, uh, a little time there? Seemed like Thomas Brown didn't get all the respect he should have while he was a player. Yeah, I mean, between injuries and um, just, you know, spreading the ball around, I mean, all those guys had their moments. Um, you know, Brown, Lumpkin, as you mentioned, Danny Weir, I guess. Uh, I guess No Sean might have been uh, one of their final years, you know, one of Thomas Brown's final years, maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, then then after that was the, I guess, what, the Caleb King and Washington Ely, Carlton Thomas years. Uh, yeah, those days. Yeah, so – uh, well, speaking of, of, we were talking about those old old Mark Rick coaches, and Georgia's certainly with Mike Bobo and, uh, you know, Todd Hartley and Stacey Searles uh, and Kirby Smurdy, Kirby, yeah, <laughs> have a lot on the staff. John Jancic, who was at Georgia under Kirby as an analyst for a couple years, uh, now going from analyst at LSU under Brian Kelly to back as a on-field coach as a special teams coordinator um, and he's coaching, and I think a linebackers uh, coach, so... Uh, who do you know? This is at, at LSU under Brian Kelly. Oh, it is at LSU. Yeah, Jancic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's they just promoted now. Uh, Jancic was on the staff for Kelly at I think it's Grand Valley State and Central Michigan. So wow. you're talking about years and years ago. We you know what's funny to think about. You know that that what Central Michigan team that came into Georgia the the game that Noshawn hurdled that player and it got a lot of you know hullabaloo. Uh, coached by Brian Kelly, uh, 
Antonio Brown, I think, was a receiver on that team. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny to think about that. Yeah, right, let's switch, let's flip flip it to uh, Georgia basketball. Now, don't don't uh, log off of the uh, you know the podcast if if. Uh, but uh, I need to make mention Georgia played Florida on Tuesday. Did not go well. Uh, lost. Wow, the score in front of me it was about twelve or something. Maybe what was the final? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, that's. They're 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 backsliding uh, at at the you know as the season winds down. Um, you know they're gonna. I guess they got they're gonna have South Carolina and another game after that. I guess it's they might not have a winning season now, right? They're eighteen and sixteen. Or is that what's what's their record? Yes. No, they're sixteen and fifteen and fourteen. Right. I think they had to win two of their final uh, regular season games to guarantee. A winning season. All right, I'm pulling up the uh, the SEC standings. Georgia, I'm sorry, they're 16 and 14. Now six and eleven in the SEC. I don't think South Carolina is going to be an easy win because um, Georgia Georgia just ended like a 12 or 13 game losing streak to South Carolina. Um, South Carolina's playing better. You know they took Alabama down to the wire last week. Georgia locked into the 11th seed for the SEC tournament, and they uh, probably will play LSU. I don't know what the tiebreakers look like. On an Ole Miss or the uh, one game ahead of LSU, uh, but Georgia, which looked like they would finally get out of the Wednesday night game in Nashville, are still in the Wednesday night game. Um, does this? Wh- what does all this do? Do you just still think about well, they had one win in the SEC last year, now they have six? Or are you looking at it differently? I look at it differently now. It's it's definitely a, a gut punch for this program the past three weeks, and and you know you can't discount the quality of teams they've played, but. Then again, you know, you're playing Florida with their best player out and you played them well at their home earlier in the year. And you really you, you got down early and you couldn't fall back and then you let it get away at the end. I I, I do view this team differently than I did. I mean, it, it was a feel good story for a while under Mike White and the job that he was doing. And I kind of keep going back to Terry Roberts injury as being the turning point. He hadn't rebounded from that. I know it was a concussion, and the team hadn't really rebounded since he went out. And uh, you know, well, Terry also, uh, uh, Mike hadn't said this, and I hadn't had a chance to ask him. Um, you know, I, I wasn't at the Florida game because I was ready in Indianapolis. But the uh, SEC Network crew that did the uh, weekend loss um, to who they lose Missouri, a very good Missouri team, uh, mentioned that Roberts was also dealing with an ankle injury. So it's not just coming back from a concussion, right. he, but he has definitely. Uh, that, that, he hadn't been the same and they hadn't been the same since he went out. And I, you know, I don't know if they hit that pump and, and then, you know, once they lost a couple, they just got deflated. But hey, there is a, I was going to just say that there is a Georgia team that's going to be going to the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah. And that is uh, the women's basketball team, which. They're playing, know, yeah, playing really well. They lost, uh, you know, at South Carolina, but you know they didn't, didn't get the doors blown off them there, uh, and they they had a very good stretch where they won five or six in a row, uh, you know, heading into uh, there, and then uh, they're playing this afternoon. I think it's five o'clock uh, in Greenville against Auburn in their first game in the SEC tournament, and um, they don't they could lose this thing. I think I think they're safe. I guess you really don't want to lose to Auburn. Um, it would probably be a little bit of a knock against you, but. Um, you know, it would probably just affect your seeding, not affect whether you're getting in or not. Yeah, probably a 9-10 seed, right, I think is the projections. But I, I, this team's played South Carolina, undefeated, number one South Carolina, pretty tough in two games this year. I know the, the final was, you know, double digits, but they really 
you know, held in there strong for for several quarters against the best team in the country. So I think what Coach Abe has done is definitely uh, should be lauded. All right, baseball, uh, they, uh, you know, they lost uh, a game against Princeton. And, uh, you know, I guess these are the kind of games that, you know, if you're a fan, you, you hope you're sweeping these uh, non-Power 5 conference teams. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens w- w- with that team. But uh, they got an important stretch, I think, right? Uh, five in a row on the road, I think, or uh, not on the road, but at different ballparks. And they got Tech three times, maybe Clemson and George Southern. Does that sound right? Maybe. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at that recently, but uh, been focused on the combine and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, getting a chance to speak to a guy like Darnell Washington. Um, you know, he wasn't always out front and center, uh, but very intriguing NFL draft prospect with his size. And, uh, you know, you're, you hear a lot when you talk to NFL people just about how impressed they are with uh, what George is doing with their tight ends. Obviously, Todd Munkin had a lot to do with it, but I would expect Mike Bobo, uh, when you have Brock Bowers, obviously, and, and some of the younger guys uh, behind uh, that are waiting in the wings, that they're going to continue to feature um, the tight ends and uh, find creative ways to use them. Yeah, Oscar Delp got some uh, minutes last year, some meaningful minutes. So I don't think that's going to disappear anytime soon. But yeah, I talked to Darnell, you know, some uh, throughout the season and uh, always, always fun to talk to Darnell. And I expect really big things out of him. And I think <laughs> I bet some of these executives, when they stand beside him, are going to be like, whoa, what can we do with this guy? Yeah, I'd be curious to see exactly what his measurements are um, when that when that comes out. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we will talk to you again next week uh, as the SEC tournament week is, and then Georgia's a, a, a week closer to spring football practice and pro day. And uh, you know, hopefully things can uh, quiet down yeah. in terms of off the field yeah. for Georgia, and uh, uh, you know, football can become more of the focus. But we're not there yet. I know. Yeah, let's hope things settle down a little bit. Uh, attention can be turned back toward uh, toward football, and uh, let's hope that you have a good time up there and safe travels home. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks.